The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Uh, well, we are looking at the Gospel of John. Remember from the very beginning of our, of our series together, uh, we have said and we have learned that John's Gospel is written so that we would learn about Jesus and that we would believe in Him and that by believing in Him, we would have life. Hence up on the screen, it says that you may believe. In John's Gospel, John writes about the things that Jesus has done, the amazing miracles that John has done, the big amazing miracles but he only writes about seven of them. And rather than call them miracles, do you remember what he calls them? He calls them signs. Because like a sign, they point to Jesus and they identify something for us about him so that we would see him and to come back full circle, we would believe in him, right? That's the idea and that's what we're uncovering today. As we get thinking about this, I want to talk about cramping up. <laughs> weird way to start a talk, right? A weird way to start a chapel um, sermon or chapel talk. But I wonder if you've ever been in a situation where you have just cramped like a crazy thing, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? You know, maybe, maybe the story goes like this for you, that you've been out in the ocean. You're waiting out there for a wave. You're floating out there with your family and your friends and you're waiting for that ultimate wave to come so that you can body surf that in. You know the one I'm talking about? the perfect wave, and while you're there and you're treading water and it's wonderful, you've been out there for a long time, you're probably a little bit dehydrated, right, because you haven't been drinking much water, you've been out in the ocean, all of a sudden your toe just gets that little twinge and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, the next minute that toe turns into a cramp that goes right up your leg and next minute your leg is like around your neck and you're making that weird dance move, you know that one, and your whole body just goes and you start to drown, like, oh no, help, just because you've just cramped. Who's been there before? You've cramped in the ocean. Has anyone got a different moment where you've been mid-something and a part of your body has just seized up and just turned you inside out? Who's been there before? You've cramped. What was the situation, Jono? What was it for you? Do you remember? You don't remember? It's all right. Can anyone remember and they can talk about it? Yeah, go. I was wakeboarding. Yeah. Mid-wakeboard, my leg just cramped up and I mid-wakeboarding cramp. That's bad. That must have been a spectacular crash. I wish I saw it. Um, anyone else? Um, when have you been mid-doing something and all of a sudden you cramp? Yeah. While I was sleeping. It's a huge cramp. That's the other one I thought about. You've been sleeping. Who's been there? Like you're not doing anything energetic. You're just lying there and next minute your whole body just goes, nah. And, and it's like, a, I don't know, it's just, you just, you do this weird and you scream out in agony. Ha ah, ha, cramp. You do that thing and and you sort of get up and you're walking around the room and you're just totally taken out. Look at this picture, right? So there's, here's a a dude that's cramping, but have you seen this one online? Um, This is actually a a, a screen grab from something off a YouTube video that I've seen. And, And that's somebody's calf and you can see those three photos is actually like a movement of a cramp in a calf muscle and it's such a severe cramp, it's sucking in that part of his muscle. Isn't that crazy? Once for me, I was on a mountain bike adventure day 
Uh, and it was actually a 12-hour race. So my mates and I, uh, on a Friday night, we left home. We'd done youth group together, a group of mates. We were all leaders at youth group. Um, after youth group, about 9.30, we got in the car late at night and we hit the road on a road trip out to the Hunter Valley for a mountain bike track uh, event, which was the next day. On the way up, we needed something to eat. And so everyone knows, when you're mid-drive on a road trip, where do you stop for dinner? Maccas, right? What a great idea. Let's offer some Maccas for dinner mid-trip ride. But what a dumb idea because the next day we were going to do a 12-hour mountain bike race as if Maccas is appropriate sustenance, right? And it was not. I got out there on the track, my very first lap. I wasn't even 10Ks in. I'm riding up this set of switchbacks. Switchbacks is like a, a track that goes this way and then turns around the other way and it sort of snakes up the mountain. And I'm halfway up. I'm like, I need to put a bit more effort in. And I stood up out of my saddle on my bike. You know what that is. You know, you stand up in your bike and push down on the pedals. And I'm pulling up because my feet are clipped in. And as I pull up, my left leg just cramps up. I'm like, ah, mummy. And I, and I cramp up so much that I can't bring my leg around. And because I'm clipped in, I just sort of fall. Boom. I'm connected to my bike. And as I fall, I just tumble down the hill. And I'm lying there in a mess on the ground with a bike on top of me, still clipped in, cramping up like a crazy person, screaming out and agony, ah, ah, cramp, 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 help, help, help. And people are riding past, you all right, mate? Yeah, I'm okay. It's just a cramp. While I'm lying there, this guy comes along and he must have been part of the help crew of the event. And he's like, buddy, can I help you? I'm like, oh, I'm cramping up. He's like, no worries, here, we'll help you up. And he says, come on. And he takes a bike off me. And as I stand up, my other leg cramps up as well. And so I'm walking around like a grandma, cramping up everywhere. And, and, but what he does for me, he gives me this little lolly. And it's called a cube, a cliff bar cube. Have, have you ever seen one of these before? They're like a gummy bear. Like they, they're sort of same sort of consistency as a gummy bear, but it's like a million gummy bears crammed into this cube, which is like two centimetre by two centimetre cube, right? So it's full of energy. It's like drinking straight cordial, but like super duper concentrated stuff. So I'm like, okay, no worries. So I'll flip this into my mouth. And it's like within five minutes, I'm right as rain and I'm ready to just hit the bike again. And I can, the cramp disappears. It gives me electrolytes and energy and poof, off I'm gone again. This little cube gave me life again in my legs from a cramp to life. It was wonderful, right? I told you it's a weird way to start a story, uh, start a Bible talk, but actually I'm telling you for a reason because today we see how Jesus breathes life into some dead legs. The most that we've probably experienced dead legs is that we're tired or somebody has corked our leg one way or another mid-soccer game or a cheeky little elbow or something in a rumble or, you know, something like that, but... but None of us have really got dead legs. Here in this Bible story, we meet a person who has dead legs because they've actually been paralyzed for 38 years. And Jesus comes along and he breathes life into these dead legs. Here's the story. Don't forget, this is written so that we would see these things and we would believe. John chapter 5, verse 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is Aramaic, is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. One who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, and he asked him, do you want to get well? 
Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry a mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found that at the temple, uh, sorry, later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again, stop sitting or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at work to this very day and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making him equal with God. Now, as we get started on this little part of the Bible, I want you to notice back here at the very beginning of the section in verse 2, that John talks about this place, this location, this pool. Do you see it there? Bethesda. Do you know up until 2005, many archaeologists would say that the Bible was a fabricated story and not true and not actually based on any fact because here in John chapter 5, John talks about this pool which actually we've got no archaeological evidence for. Fascinating, right? They would say, oh, it's it's a load of cod's wallop. It's not even true. The Bible's not true and here's why because there is no pool. But in 2005... That's not long ago, right? They actually found the archaeological evidence for it. You can Google it, uh, Pool of Bethesda, archaeological evidence, and you can actually find that here in Jerusalem was this indoor, outdoor, covered area swimming pool. Big five columns, right? It says there, doesn't it? Big columns, five covered colonnades, right? Big roof, big columns, indoor swimming pool. Very popular place to go, and it actually existed. That's pretty cool, right? Here's a moment in real life history where this story takes place. But what we notice here is that by this pool, there's a whole bunch of people sitting, disabled people, people who are are, are lame, who are sick, who are unwell. And they're sitting there because something happens in this pool. There's a bubbling and a stirring that takes place. And they believe something superstitious about it, that if they got in, maybe even if they were the first person to get into the water after it bubbled and stirred up, that they would be made well again. And so here's this lame guy sitting by the pool and Jesus comes along and he says to him, do you want to get well? Seems like an obvious question, right? Um, But actually, I think Jesus is talking about something else. Jesus is there and says, do you want to get well? But of course, he's not referring to the pool, is he? He's talking about something else. What's he talking about? Himself. Do you want to get well? And the lame lame man, though, he doesn't recognize who Jesus is. He's like, Jesus, I'd love to get well, but I can't get into the pool, right? I can't get in the pool quick enough because I'm lame. My legs don't work. My legs are dead. I can't get up and walk in. And so people get in before me and they beat me to it. But Jesus, he turns around to him and he heals him. Now remember in John's gospel, these amazing signs that John writes about aren't some little pip squeaky sort of signs. These are the big magnificent ones, aren't they? Remember last time? Jesus healed that man's son from a great distance, seven-hour walk away, remember? When Jesus turned the water into wine, he didn't just turn a glass of water into wine, he turned 115 litres into wine, and it was the best wine ever. 
Here we've got a great magnitude, an amazing sign here that Jesus does, where he heals a man who'd been sick for a lifetime. 38 years is a lifetime back then, right? Which is pretty confronting when I think about my age, right? Here's this man. He's been invalid for his whole life. And Jesus comes along and he tells him, pick up your mat and walk. And he does that with a simple word, with the words of life. He brings life to dead legs. That's a cool sign, isn't it? The problem is that while this happens, there are people around him that are really disappointed about this and are unhappy, the teachers of the law. Because this day, it wasn't just an ordinary day. What day was it? Do you remember? It was the the Sabbath. And so the teachers of the law are like, you can't do that on the Sabbath. This is a day off. No work on this day. Who has told you to carry your mat, let alone who has done this healing on this day? But it turns out that we discover that, well, yes, Jesus has done it. And the reason Jesus has done it is because Jesus has all of the authority. And he says that about himself, doesn't he? In John's gospel, he says, I am working with the Father. I am doing the same work that God has done. He makes himself equal with God. And actually, you turn, this is a big idea in John's gospel. We see that in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, it says. Now, in John chapter 1, you can substitute the word, word. See, it's up there, capital W-O-R-D. Substitute that with Jesus, right? So, in the beginning was the Jesus, and the Jesus was with God, and the Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through the Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In the Jesus was life. Here in this story, we see that the Jesus has life, doesn't he? And he has the authority to proclaim it in the same way that he proclaimed life at the beginning of all things, so he can proclaim life at the pool of Bethesda and heal this lame man who can't walk. Tell him to get up and walk, even on the Sabbath day. He is Lord of the Sabbath, and he can make this amazing claim and this authoritative statement to get up, take him out, and walk. Of course, the problem with this in verse 18, sorry, I've got the verse up there twice, but here's the whole verse here, verse 18. For this reason, as a result of this, look at the response that they had to Jesus. The teachers of the law wanted to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling, him, calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. See, Jesus has authority to heal this man's dead legs because he has the words of life, because he is equal with God the Father. He is God. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is God with the authority to heal, with the authority to bring life. So why is this here? Why is this sign here? Remember, this sign is written so that we would see and we would believe that Jesus is the Son of God who has come to give life. And so as we think about this verse, look at chapter 5, verse 24. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life, says Jesus. And will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will, will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he's granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. You tend here is Jesus, front and centre doing this amazing thing, this amazing healing. And this is a sign so that we would see that Jesus has authority to give life. So what are you going to do, right? It says here, if you hear and believe, then you have life. 
Take this seriously, right? Hear Jesus, believe in him. Because John 5, 24, whoever does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. If you don't honour the Son, you do not have life. Big, serious call, isn't it? Here in this story, we have seen how Jesus breathes life into, dead man, into a man's dead legs. Jesus can breathe life into our legs as well. But our legs which lead us to God the Father. But what we need to do is we need to believe in him. So you turn the challenges clear. Will you believe in Jesus and so receive life? Please bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that we can think a little bit more about Jesus again today. And as we've done that, we've been able to see how Jesus has great life in his authoritative words. Please help us to believe in Jesus and so get life. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRKSchroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.